Hey everybody, welcome to episode one of Two Views Movies Podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. This is Two Views Movies Podcast. I'm Garrett. I'm Carson. And today's episode is dedicated solely to Star Wars, specifically episode eight, The Last Jedi. Which we have both now seen twice. Yes. Got second viewing in last night. Right. Actually together. Yes. And we've yeah. done something different this go around, right? Like usually when you and I watch movies, immediate text messages or whatever to each other about what we liked, what we didn't like. We don't spoil it for each other, but we start the conversation right away. Exactly. And this time we, uh, we have no idea what the other one thinks. Yeah. So, so you were a jerk and saw this on Thursday. Well, I saw opening day, of course. Right. I, on the other hand, am a responsible adult. I had commitments I needed to do. I couldn't see it until Saturday. Yeah, and then so, we both went and saw it yesterday. Yes, and so we are we are in. We've seen our our two views, so we got the expectations out of the way first, right. and we saw it that, and then we got to calm down and and watch it again with, with different eyes, and we've now seen it twice. Yes, so this will be an interesting experience. I think most of the time. You know, maybe we'll get chances like this where we don't talk about a movie and we share it with everybody on the first one. But I know I'm genuinely excited because uh, I've talked about it with other people. But, you know, you're my usual go-to sounding board for movies. That's why we have the podcast. Been dying to talk Last Jedi. So let's dive in. Where, where do we want to start? I want to start, but I'll back up just a touch, and I want to start with The Force Awakens. and okay. where, where we left off. What we thought about that, Force Awakens, uh, really Ray and Finn, together i thought were really good pair i thought uh on screen they worked really well they played off each other i really liked that that dynamic there's a couple things that i did not like about the force awakens that i thought that they would learn into this movie number one the the wrath cars the the um, han solo ship whatever ship that was called that there he's hunting these giant rolling tentacle creatures that there's cgi just terrible it just hurt my experience of the movie the first like six times I saw it. it, it I couldn't let it go. It's so bad. My mind is why write in a character that's 100% CGI? Anyway. Okay. Well, so I guess to, to, to take it a step further, where are you at on Force Awakens after several years? After several years, I've grown to like it more and more the more I see it. So the comparisons to A New Hope fall further and further away from me and, and the way that i get around that is oh another death star i think of okay what does a government do they find something they like and then they make it bigger and bigger and they just keep making the same thing and so i'm like okay i'm on board with that now do i need <laughs> do i need one thing oh you shoot this one thing and the whole thing blows up i mean yeah um that's that's far-fetched but that's the i'm okay with that plot line now. I, I guess I the, wasn't at the time. Sure, but now I am. sure. So I, I still have problems with it. Um, I watched Force Awakens. I agree with you. It's gotten better the further and further I've gotten away from kind of the initial thing. Watched it more and more. I, I've caught bits and pieces of it a lot lately, but I sat down and had one solid viewing, continuous. It, it is. It's a really good Star Wars movie. The New Hope thing is still there for me. It's just too much. It's it's too much. There's there's honoring something. There's adhering to something, and then there's feeling more like a reboot instead of a continuation of the story. And that, that hurt it to me. Initially, I, I agree for me, but I, I can see past it because I love Ray. Ray, uh, I'm, I'm on the Ray bandwagon. She, she's my girl. 
And I love her in The Force Awakens. Okay. And so that that that's what I, took me all the way through the rest of the movie. Sure. I like Kylo. I think he's a good character. I like what they were doing, what they were setting up in that movie. Obviously, I didn't want to see Han die. And now that I said that, there will be spoilers throughout this entire podcast. You can't spoil something two sure. plus years after but it's been released. But as we get into the the Last Jedi, it will be 100% spoilers. Yes. So I will but only talk in spoilers. There's from no here on way out. to reasonably talk <laughs> about a Star Wars movie of this magnitude without talking about it. So, so if you didn't if you, know Han Solo died, tough. Right. Right. You should have seen it by now. Yeah. I um, mean, this is not the podcast for you if you haven't seen the Star Wars movie <laughs> two years after it's been released. If you haven't seen it two weeks after it's been released, you shouldn't listen to this. Still probably not the podcast no. for you. So I, I think I'm still at a strong four on The Force Awakens. I concur. Rathgar's... Yeah. Yeah. The tentacle monsters heard it. There's some other things that we'll get into later because I think it's going to be natural to kind of make some comparisons back and forth. Sure. Um, but strong four for me, uh, it has gotten better. I think I'm willing to say, I know I'm willing to say it's not better than Empire, right? Right. Why? Okay. Right. There's yes. some hesitation. We yes. are we are in agreement that yeah. Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. Today. Yes. Today. Yes. The I might was coming from the I'm trying to figure out Return of the Jedi. I think The Force Awakens is ahead of Return of the Jedi for me. I, I don't like the Ewoks. I don't like the Death Star retread. But anyways, I don't want to get too far into Return of the Jedi or anything else. I'm sure. just trying to give everybody a spot. I think Force Awakens is my second favorite Star Wars movie. Okay. Where wow. are you at? Uh, it could be. It could be. I wouldn't, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if in six months from now I came back to you and said, eh, no, I changed my mind. Return of the Jedi is number two. Yeah. The problem is for me, Return of the Jedi has really great concluding awesome stuff in it. And it also has a ton of filler that I just don't care much about. Andy walks. Yeah. They would have been better if they were Wookiees. Like it would have been so much better if they were Wookiees. Right. So, so I think we're okay. kind of in agreement. Empire's number one. There's probably some eternal struggle between Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi for two. We don't even really need to talk about the rest. You're splitting hairs to me with A New Hope and the prequels are trash. We, we, so I guess just for the sake of right. everybody knowing where we're coming from, we're huge Star Wars fans. But we recognize the further we've gotten away from the prequels, how bad they were. They're still Star Wars movies, so they hold a certain place in your heart, but they are not quality films by any stretch. If you don't like Star Wars, just just don't watch the prequels is the best way to do it. Even people who like Star Wars don't like the prequels. So, Yeah, and so going into watching The Last Jedi, I understand that I had, again, unrealistic, unattainable expectations coming into this movie that it just could not be reached. And so I have the, this is how I would do it, but I also want to be surprised, which are conflicting views. Right. So that could never happen. That's why I needed that second viewing to fully digest what, what happened. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I, I, I'm still holding out for the time where I get a Star Wars movie that doesn't feel as much like a Star Wars movie. I kind of hoped I was getting that with this one, meaning um, you don't have to follow the same beats. You don't have to... You know, if if you're not kind of syncing up with the, the rhyming pattern of Empire and Jedi, that, that's okay. Film it a little bit differently. Go, like, I'm kind of jealous that Star Trek is getting Quentin Tarantino, I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. I, I'm not sure I want to be that aggressive with Star Wars. I'm just saying I, I want something, I want something different. Well, I will say this, this felt different. It did. It did. And it, it felt, I mean, from the get-go. From the start, and I'll just dive right in. Yeah, let's go. Uh, and so, first, I mean, from the opening scene, you have Hux, who's being kind of played for a fool, you know, by by Poe. 
And so that fits Poe's character. It doesn't fit his. Hux? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they truly make Hux a jester of sorts, yeah. right? Like, he can't ever do anything right. And so he, he's now turned to comic relief, and I don't think anybody in the First Order should be that. You know, it's you, yeah. can, you can play with them, but they don't play back type right. of thing. And and I feel like it really took away from menacing villain, you know, yeah. and, and it, right off the bat. Right. So all of a sudden you don't you don't fear these people anymore because he's just a joke. Right. He's a pasty, you know, right. whatever his joke was. Yeah, like, I mean, would you have liked that better if they made that joke at the expense of somebody not Hux? Or do you not like the joke at all? I'm okay with Poe saying it i'm not okay with how hux reacted to okay it. like the whole i can't hear you know and then yeah that, that whole thing you know okay. I, i'm okay sort of like when ray tells kylo to tells ben to put a shirt on yeah he just doesn't you know he just doesn't yeah. say he didn't mention didn't bring it up you know, sure he just kept keeps going with it uh, almost wish that was kind of the reaction right that hux had so i'm curious how did how did that line hit on opening night because you saw it at like 11 30 or something crazy that night so you're yeah. gonna have diehards in there with you how did yeah. that line hit i, I mean you, you get the guy who's gonna love everything that comes out you know and so uh, there's that guy that loves every yeah every beep of of bba oh, sure and, sure know, and so just dying laughing it i think i think it was okay I, I just think it took away from the movie i th- I, th- I thought it was funny uh, i will I admit but i thought it took away from the character of the first order i mean it's clearly unlike any Star Wars scene ever. I mean, I, I had people that I've talked to that said it was space balls ish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I see their point in that. It wasn't that aggressive. But I, I do see how it would rub people the wrong way. It's a very abrasive start to a Star Wars movie. I mean, most Star Wars movies open in conflict. This one does. And I get what they're trying to do. And I, I've read comments from the director, Ryan Johnson, who said he was really nervous about that. He put that in there to kind of set the tone. And, and I think it did that, but... It's not the tone. That, yeah. yeah. And so taking your comment a little bit further, I don't like the way the First Order is. Meaning, I think the opening scene is a direct representation of what his view of the First Order was. But it's like, they can't do anything right. I, th- I felt like in the original Star Wars and other Star Wars, good was beating evil because good figured it out. And evil was evil empire and we're taking him down and we just happened to best him. This is like Benny Hill people running around like, yeah. not like, it's like, oh, I turned the wrong knob on the controls. I mean, this yeah. didn't happen, but it, it felt like that. Yeah, like, like The emperor always had a plan. Right. Yeah, the, the emperor always had a plan and everything went almost according to plan every time. And it's just right. one little thing, you know, that, right. that, that caused the good guys to win. Right. But he always, he was in control of the situation. Right. And I felt, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. This doesn't feel that way at all. Right. The, the good guys won because... They bested the bad guys. Right. This feels like the good guys win because the bad guys are idiots. Right. Uh, and I just don't think that's the right impression to give. And I think you're exactly right. I never kind of made that connection in my head. But, I mean, it kind of lays it out right there in the beginning that Hux is like a fool. I mean, how many mistakes does Hux make in this movie? I mean, uh, it feels like at least two or three. Big ones. Yeah. And Snoke points it out, kind of. Right. That, that's why I keep him around, you know, even though he's an imbecile. Yeah. Um, and so that, that kind of plays to his new character a little bit. Because he had one good, he had one good idea. he says, it, I forget the exact quote, but it's some yeah. Snokeish, you know, philosoph- yeah. philosophical thing. But it's basically the point of, yeah, I know he's an idiot and messes up three times, but he got one good thing out of that. And that's, right. we need that one good thing. Right. And so anyway, st- starting off, so that, that, that. Put me in a eh, okay. Where are we going with this? Oh, and coming off of Thor Ragnarok, of everything's a joke. I was like, oh my god, 
Yeah. Please no. I can and see so, that. And so that, that, that's where I was in my mind space. And so we have the bombers. So the bombers that are attacking. So then They're going after the dreadnought. They're going after the dreadnought, yes. And so they're, they're coming in. I was cool with Poe blowing up all the, you know, that, that, that was a cool scene. I liked him doing that. BB-8, you can keep the comic relief with the droid. I'm fine with that. But then you get into Star Wars physics, and I know that you can't, do that with Star Wars because they've never really ad- adhered to physics, but I feel like this movie was the worst. Okay. Uh, and so you have the bomb bay doors opening. Okay. And that pilot laying there right next to the bomb bay doors. Mm-hmm. And why isn't she not being sucked out into space? Because, okay, okay, okay whatever. Um, but, okay, because people don't get sucked out in space in Star Wars. That's fine. Uh, I'm mm. okay with that. I think that. we'll talk about that a yeah, little bit later. Yeah, in just a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so sucked out. So she's laying there, and then she hits the button to let the bombs drop. Where's the gravity coming from? Why are these bombs just dropping? They're not shooting downwards. Oh, well, clearly the dreadnought is massive. It, I mean, asteroids have their own level of gravity. It may not be that much, but if the dreadnought is as big as they think it is, the whole concept it, of these bombers are built around them having their own gravitational pulls. I guess. I mean, if you're going to drop bombs straight down, you better do it where you have gravity. You're ridiculous. Maybe. I, that, so. I, I get it. But that stuff, I'm just it, I actually I really liked um, I liked it. I thought it looked cool, like the shots of like the bombs rattling in their racks and dropping down. I liked it. I, it wasn't enough for me to get hung up on any kind of like what's the physics of it. At least push them down. You know, it's things you're in space. It's Star Wars. You know, I, I, I know, don't... I know, and I don't want to get caught up on, on right. that and the explosions and uh, there's no oxygen, etc. Right. But um, but that part, I was like, why are they dropping? You know, and then yeah. why isn't she being? Because it, she just opened the doors, and why is she being sucked out? So this will not be the first time because you you say stuff like this a lot, and my answer to you is usually something along the lines of, "Well, why did it do that? Because it looked cool in the movie. Because it looked cool. Yeah. And sometimes that's just gotta be what it is. And I and I thought it did. It looked cool, so I'm all for it. Yeah. Okay. While we're talking about this, the dreadnought. The dreadnought. Oh man, when it showed up, I was not happy. I was not happy. I thought, oh boy. This is the new Death Star. This is the new Star Killer base. This is the thing that they're going to have to take out all Entire movie long. Movie. We're going to okay. have to find the plan to fix it. I was not in a good place when that thing rolled out. <laughs> Seriously, like, because you know me, I, and I've said it: the retreads of the Death Stars. We we've basically had three Death Stars in a short matter. I mean, if you start at Episode Four and take it through Episode Seven, three of them, three of them, yeah, have Death Stars. Star Killer base is a giant Death Star. So I saw this. I'm like, oh my god, we have another super weapon that we have to figure out how to beat. Please don't do this. And so I was really glad that the Dreadnought got taken out Early. in the beginning because I, I, I really bad taste in my mouth to start the movie. <laughs> yeah, and so I, no, I I didn't get that at all. Okay. I, I assumed it was just another lead ship, and they're taking out Dreadnought. I thought they would do what they tried to do there. Yeah, uh, I was that was as predictable as as I. I felt it was. Okay. Well, um, I'm I'm just glad it bit the dust in the beginning. Yeah. I did not want it to keep going. Yeah. So, I have this thing circled on on my on my sheet here and it, we, we just where, we just addressed okay. we just hinted at it so, and we have to address I think the elephant in the room. Right. I think it's worth sharing that we sat next to each other last night in the movie theater and did not talk about this movie before, during, or after. But I asked your wife, you know, if she liked it and you know her comment was uh, yeah, I liked it, except this one scene. And I think I commented something back looking at you like, I think we all know what this scene is. Um, so it's kind of gone unspoken. I'm <laughs> 99.9% sure I know what this is, but go and, ahead. And we have floating dead Leia and then force flying back to the ship uh, somehow. It was bad. 
it it's bad and it's prequel bad <laughs> it's like it's, it's the why it's the why factor of either you kill leia that way right and just let her go which right. is fine i was fine with, i was like well eventually she's not gonna be in the movies so i'm okay letting her go that way or just have her somehow else i i don't know yeah so i guess what i is unnecessary yeah so was the, was the point of that scene to show that leia is force sensitive has force powers if so, I think there's a m- number of different ways you could have shown that. Or was the point of that incident to have Leia set aside so that Poe can go on his arc of learning what to do? And, you know, you got Leia sidetracked for a little while. She's in her cocoon, co- not cocoon, a coma. Sorry. Yeah, it kind of so, looked like a cocoon. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I-, I guess it kind of all depends on what the point of having her go through that was. I think the point was showing that Kylo wasn't really to kill her. Well, there was that too. But, then... but, what, but, I guess that doesn't. But, but, uh, but, but why was she floating in space? Yeah, yeah so she that's what I'm saying. Been, that that yeah. piece doesn't matter. So, so one other quick thing about that scene. I mean, it's Guardians, right? Yeah, I mean, lifted him. straight from Guardians, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So uh, that was my first reaction. I was like, okay, all right, we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Great movie, love it. But yeah. you know, okay. But like, yeah, if you're gonna do force powers, like have her like, uh, you know, as the missile hits and it detonates the the bridge. Like she somehow like uses the force right there to like protect herself from the blast and hold on. And you're just kind of in awe, like, oh my God, Leia just used the force to kind of like cocoon herself, another another use of cocoon, um, around this thing. Like there's so many better ways to show that she's powerful with the force and having her float out in space. Because now if you're going to adopt the physics of gravity on the bomber, surely you are going to question, I know you can chalk it up to the force. It's the force. Yeah, that's the easy way out. That was a tough pill to swallow. So it's... I mean, as long as we're developing new force powers, because apparently this movie d- does that throughout, of all of a sudden, oh, you you can now do this with the force, even though no one's done it to date. You could have made her exactly that force shield, you know, for something, you know, grab a couple things in the room and block the hole or this doesn't keep her from blowing it. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe she, you know, she diverts one of the missiles, right? Like she kind of reaches out and, and the missile starts shaking and yeah. then, you know, mm-hmm. she can't get the second one, but she somehow still survives, but people on the bridge die, you know, I, I, <laughs> this is where you and I talk about this, but like, I, I have a hard time with somebody reading this script and thinking that's a good and idea. Thinking that's a good idea. Like I, I haven't, I, so you and I said, we both spent hours reading reviews, comments, everything on this. I, I did not come across anybody that liked this scene. No, no. And you can film it and you can screen it and you can, you know, anybody along this process should have seen, hey, this is stupid. Yeah. You know, it's not even, and honestly, if the, if the point was to show that she's a force user, it's not really good at even doing that. Like it's not because, you know, like they do other things when the force is happening in this movie, they, they do that humming or buzzing sound to kind of let you know something's going on. They give you no indication other than her hand kind of twitching that something's going on. It just. Nothing about that worked. Nothing. It's so bad. The the standout in in this movie is is Leia's force force pull that's hard to get over. Yeah, it's I, it's my my Rathgar in this one, and so it's, it's definitely why. it's definitely not good. Not not um, good. You mentioned new force powers. What what was your yes. take on the uh, what do you want to call it? Br- bridging. Okay, and uh, bridging the minds. Not to get too far ahead. I I'm not talking what happens with luke well let's okay. get to that later let's talk the kylo, kylo and ray talking through the force i liked it yeah uh, i liked it a lot i liked i mean snoke did it 
I don't know why that they were able to do that when Snoke was dead, but they they still did it. Right. Um, I liked it because I think the movie needed them to interact, uh, and I think that was the best way to do that. So as a plot device, I think it worked. So um, it it also isn't entirely new, because you get all throughout Star Wars and the prequels, right? Like you, you sense each other. They get feelings. Luke and Leia have sensed each other. You know, my father's like, on that boat. Yes, oh, right and, on that boat. <laughs> and in that in that last scene where you're talking about uh, Kylo and Rey, how they could still do it. They're they're really close. Rey's on the Falcon, sitting up on the hill, and he's in the bunker of where everything just went down on crate. So sure, they're reasonably close to each other. Yeah, I liked it. In fact, more broadly speaking the highlight of the whole movie to me was anything with Ray and Kylo. I agree. Um, fantastic. It's really the only thing in the movie worth watching. Uh, oh, wow. So, that, so you I'm gonna, just, I'm going to drop a bomb on you right wow. here. So, so we, <laughs> you just took your cards and just threw, laid them and on there the table. They are. I'm I, all in. I wasn't sure how we were going to evolve I'm, through this. I'm all in. Yeah. You're all in. You showed me your hand. So that's really interesting. Cause especially on bigger movies like star Wars, Marvel, DC stuff. You and I don't always see eye to eye. Generally speaking, you know, we're kind of in the same ballpark, but I know sometimes when I see a movie and I'm like, uh, I don't like it, you know, I, I'm like, but Carson's going to like it. And sometimes I don't quite know where you're going to come out on that. So I still don't know everything where you're at on this, but yeah, you just, you just pulled like a Maverick and laid your cards on the table. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you're going to throw another ace out or if you're going to throw like a two out on this. Not look at your cards. We yeah. will see. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Ray Kylo. Ryan Johnson did great on that. Them talking through the force, like Kylo's story, Ray's story, they're intertwining. Um, I couldn't ask for more with that. Yeah, I, I love the whole interaction with the two of them. Everything between those two, I thought was was great. Yeah. Um, uh, so what scene? <laughs> so we're into this too. So okay. we're so Ray's parents. And so I know where you stood coming into this movie of you hope that they were, were nobody. Okay. Yes, and that's so, correct. And so the, you, you hope that. Yes. It's, it's how they put it out there. It's okay. like the only reason that scene was in there was for the audience, not for the universe. It wasn't for Ray. It wasn't for Kylo. Um, so hold on. Which scene? Be so when he's talking to Ray, I know who your parents are. Tell okay. me who your parents are. And she says, nobody. Well, it's. Even if your parents were nobody, you still know who they are. You don't sure. reference them, and that 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 only makes sense to the audience and not to to them. Right. Um, it's like you're nobody in this story. Right? It's like what's what story? Like that. That's it was. It felt forced. Okay. Um, and say what you will about the result of her parents being nobody, which I preferred it to be something, and I think they're going to still do something with that. But just the way that they brought it up of. She was just trying to find her parents. It, she knew who her parents were. You know, Kylo apparently knew who his, who her parents were. There was no mystery there. The only the audience didn't know. Okay, and and, and so that whole scene was like it felt forced and only giving us information. Okay, I I, I can see that. I can see that. It, it didn't really have an effect on me one way or the other. Um, now my interpretation of the scene was Kylo knew it because he read it in her. Or through the right. force somehow. So yeah, it's right. kind of like he just probed her mind. was like, yeah, they were nobodies. Yeah, but, 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 you're, nobody's... But, but you're right. Ray never gave the impression that she thought her parents were somebody. She just wanted her parents. Right. She wanted, um, to, wanted them to come home. But I think I think you can make an argument that you know she's said over and over again, like she's just trying to find her place in all of this. Mm -hmm. And maybe she thought her parents would be her place in all of this. And she so she knows what she's going through with the force. And everything that she feels like she's a bigger part of something. And maybe she thought her parents would help complete that bigger part of something. And so by him saying they're nobody, it's kind of like, 
Yeah. Well, she said that. She said they're nobody. Well, I mean, if, if, if I ask you who your parents are, you tell me who your parents are, whether they're somebody or not. Right. Okay, so I'm okay with them coming about that they sold her. That would have been a different dialogue, but you got the same result of it. Sure. Uh, of, you know your parents aren't coming back. Yes, because they sold me for drink, and they know they're dead. Right. You know, whatever... You know, they're dead in a pauper's grave. You know, who who cares? We never talked about her being royalty or anybody special. That's just the audience feeding into that. And that's yeah. That's where I had my problem with that scene. Okay, I, I can see that. I won't, like, completely disregard that. I, th- I think you could try to tie it into the she's all looking for her place and all this, and maybe she thought her parents would give her some kind of glimpse into Because maybe she feels like Kylo's strong in the Force and his parents are somebody. Luke was strong in the force. His parents were somebody. So why is she strong in the force if her parents are nobodies? But she knew who her parents were. But she always but, knew that. Well, but she, she said, show me my parents. She, 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 she wanted them to come home. She's pretty young. I, I got the impression that she can't remember her parents. Like, cause when she's taken away and force awakens and the shit flies off, I mean, she's, she's a pretty young girl. So, you know, 10 years have passed. How much do you really remember of your parents? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying, I think one take on it is that, Everybody else who's force strong and all this is tied to the Skywalkers. They've got some kind of right. backstory. So since she's going through all this, shouldn't she have somebody too? And she doesn't. They're they're nobody. So I, I'm not discounting what what you're saying by any means. I think it's a completely valid criticism. I just think there's a way to kind of see that there was more to it. Than I that. thought there's definitely a better way to come out than just flat out saying, "Oh, my parents are nobodies." Right. No, I, uh, okay. So uh, so I will kind of back your stance on this whole doing it for the audience thing, but with a different scene. Okay. The scene where she goes in the hole on the island, sees whatever, I don't know if it's a mirror, the, some kind of reflective right. stone, and then there's like... Snapping. Uh, you know, the second time I watched that, I was like, okay, what well, what were we really showing with all of that? You know, like, why was there a million rays there? It just seemed like, okay, we've got this cool idea for some kind of force vision, we're going to do it, but it just like, it added nothing. Yeah. So, but her going up to the mirror, the two shadows forming into one, seeing herself, that to me felt like toying with the audience a little bit. Like, sure. you know, everybody wants to know who's, who's Ray's parents are, and you just gave them nothing and a long tease. Uh, yeah. I don't know. No, I, I agree. And then now you're getting all the, the fan theories of, okay, she's a clone because of all these, uh, you know, different things of, of Ray and, and Star, like, I, Star I Wars know. fan theories are the worst. <clears throat> yeah. I completely avoided all fan theories like coming into this like um <laughs> one of my friends at work said something about raylo i was like okay that's, well that's ray and kylo he's like well it's like them getting together I'm like I, I don't even know sure yeah they could but like you know yeah i guess that's a big theory where people wanted oh i'm talking after they saw the mirrors you know they, they, they're like okay yes. well, she's a, she's a clone now of, of whoever right like, okay. no i was just trying to make a point that star wars theories are oh for sure Sure. ridiculous so yeah i i do think there was some of that done for ray's parents just because of the vibe that was out there and so i guess my question to you and this is obviously just your opinion your theory uh, have we heard the end of it no. is kylo being real yeah i, I mean I, I think i think what they've said is real okay um i think because both of them know i mean she knew and he just pulled it out of her mind right so i think that part's real i think there's more to her story that I think JJ will come back to and say, okay. Hey Ryan, you kind of screwed the pooch on this <laughs> and you put me into a box, but I think you'll come back. I think there's something more to it. Okay. Um, but it's not more as in your grandfather's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't think it's, it's like that, yeah. but I think they they will explore more of that okay. in the next movie. Yeah. I got so many thoughts swimming in my head. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out where we want to go. So I'll, I'll take us from like one potentially dropped plot line. If you want to call it that. Yeah. 
to another one. Okay. The Knights of Ren. Knights of Ren. Nowhere to be found. Right. So my son had an interesting take when we left the theater the first time. Okay. He thought the... Red Guard? The Red Guard, Imperial Guards, whatever you want to call them, were the Knights of Ren. Pretty pretty okay, lukewarm take from my 12-year-old on that. Sure. I was like, okay. Um, I kind of asked around with some other people that saw it and Star Wars geeks, and they were like, no, we just thought it was new Imperial Guards because they were red and... I, I assume that they were new Imperial Guards. Okay, yeah. so we're kind of in agreement there. So so Knights of Ren. I mean, we talk about them, we hear them, right? Because uh, Luke says when Kylo, you know, did what he did and left, you know, threw Luke under the rubble and burned down the Jedi temple and all that stuff. He leaves Ray's vision and the well, yeah, force and so awakens. He said he kills some and then keeps some for himself. And that's what we know as the Knights of Ren gone. I mean, not well, they're on other missions and other parts of the galaxy. I mean, <laughs> did, did that bother you at all? I mean, I, uh, to be honest, I didn't even think about it. Okay. Uh, they never crossed my mind once. Okay. It didn't bother me. I would have liked to see that. I I thought it just sounded cool, right? Like the Knights of Ren. Right. And he's got the broadsword lightsaber. Like it just seemed like something cool. And I think it would give you more bad guys. You know, Star, sure. Star Wars is just always the Empire and one guy and one master. And as far as we're considered, or as far as we're supposed to know, we don't even know if Snoke is a Sith, right? And Kylo talks about the Sith need to die. He's clearly not talking about himself. Right. So, I mean, I feel like we're kind of getting away from that. So it would have been nice to have an extra layer of bad guys besides just, like, the two main bads in the Empire. So, well, and then, of course, here, here you go right into Snoke of just a wasted character. They Darth Mauled him in more ways than one. I mean, <laughs> right. it's a, you have this guy. He's starting to be pretty cool. You saw yeah. him in a... You saw him in a hologram, and then you saw what he could actually do. Right. And you want to know where his place is. He's, he's not a young fella. Right. And so he would have been around at the time of the emperor. You know, so it's like, where was he and all that? What? Who is this guy? And then just, bam, caught in half. Cut in half. Right. Dead. A cool scene. Sure. But it so, just, it, I just think he just totally threw it, threw it all away. So did you want a Snoke backstory? I did. Okay. I did. I wanted to, I wanted, who is this guy? I want. I mean, clearly he's been in some fights. Look at his face. If he was Darth Plagueis, perfect. You know, then that's where he's been hiding. He's been dead and brought back to life, or whatever it is he's been doing. You know, something. Just give me something. Of who this guy was, sure. or where he was, or how he took over after the Emperor's death. Just give me something. Now you just have this big. Oh, we just created a guy, and then he's gone. Very, very Darth Maul. Darth Maul is one of the greatest Star Wars characters of all time that we know nothing about and they just ruined the whole right. prequels by by killing him. but I, th- I felt like they gave him the same treatment right yeah um I definitely they didn't go into his background at all i'm inclined to think they're not going to there's really no oh, point now that he's gone right i mean he clearly used force lightning so he's up there in terms of palpatine's level of strength right with the force but yeah we're not we're not getting much more than that i think it's i think it's done I don't know. I, I'm not overly bothered by it. I mean, would I like to know a little bit more? Sure, but I'm not. It didn't take away for me, but it does feel uh, like a little bit. I, I, think it, I think it cheapened the whole plot line of even the, you go back to the, the Force Awakens and now you watch them in, in tandem and it's like, he's just a guy now. A throwaway guy. Not even, even Hux is better developed than, than Snoke is. And well, I, yeah. I know nothing about Hux, but I think he's a better, it, it angers me that it's, you have potential, and I, I don't need a long exposition from him or some villain, you know what I'm saying, Yeah, monologue right. of, of who he is or his backstory, and et cetera. I, I didn't need that, but you can drop things here and there to at least 
give this guy a little bit more depth other than just some scary guy on a throne. Right. And I think the problem is they left him such a mystery after Force Awakens that you kind of want some right. answers. But I will say, though, like, you know, comparing that back to Palpatine without the prequels, I mean, what did you really know about Palpatine? You didn't, but you didn't really see Palpatine until the third movie. Sure. I mean, he. so uh, if you kind of stagger it to be that empire so palpatine's presence is in empire kind of mirrors snoke's presence in force awakens sure so then in jedi you get more palpatine in uh last jedi you get more snoke and it's kind of on the same level right like you don't nobody knows anything about palpatine in the originals yeah i just so i mean why and again this kind of goes back to the whole let's make all the beats match for the the original trilogy and this new trilogy. And it's not one for one movie wise, but there was definite beats of empire and Jedi in this movie. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really have a set stance on it, but it does feel to me like people want more answers for everything, but we didn't really know any of that for Palpatine to begin with. Yeah. I just think, feel like this was poor storytelling. I mean, he's, he's connecting the two for a reason. He's the man behind it all. He's, you know, he he's the one who seduced Kylo, and he how did how did this how, who is this guy? And at least Palpatine, we didn't know what the universe was like before the the prequels. So he was just in charge. We just assume he was in charge. Sure, Snoke, where were you during the the original trilogy? Right. You know, you were around. You had Force powers, but right. yet the Emperor didn't know about you. Vader didn't know about. I mean, sure. come on, something you can, you can do that if you don't do. You know, you know what I'm saying. Timeline wise. Anyway, no. So, I, so there, I, I there's my Snoke, and, and I'm gonna go straight into that scene when they fight. You mentioned <laughs> the the Imperial Guard, yes, which I think was awesome. Uh, it was I, ridiculous. I, I love that fight scene. I wish there was more force fighting. Yeah, uh, force pushes, force lightsabers, you know, other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that 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 really got me was he wraps his. For his lightsaber chain around her lightsaber, mm-hmm. and they're struggling back and forth. Like, why don't you just turn it off? Right, turn it off, turn it back on. And right, <laughs> she's, yeah, you know stuff like that. But I really like that scene. Uh, I thought it was really cool when he, you know, shot the the, the headshot that Kylo does. Uh, right, and so Ray Ray throws in the lightsaber. He catches it and catches and it and just punches, quick, it, yeah. turns it on and off, and puts a hole right through the guy's head. Right, uh, that was awesome. Love that yeah. scene. Great scene. Could they have done something different after that? Sure, but that scene in itself with them working together, that was, that was pretty yeah, sweet. Everything it probably it, makes the movie. Yes, that, that scene is huge. And one of the small things I, I've caught both times, like one of the guys falls into a pit that I guess we assume <laughs> it has like some... Turbine or something? Yeah, and you just see like red confetti come up that he got <laughs> blasted. Yeah, it was it was really well choreographed. Even the build-up to it where, you know, Snoke's interrogating Ray, And I, I've seen some people say that, they thought, you know, because Snoke goes on this big diatribe about, um, I can see everything in Kylo's head. I know everything he's doing. And Kylo is doing something, and he's not able to see it. Now, I think it's the perfect, you know, you know, show him the right hand so they don't see what the left hand is doing. And, yeah. and literally, that's exactly what he's doing. He's he's turning a lightsaber to kill somebody that he doesn't like, which Snoke is interpreting as Rey. Right. And really what he's doing is he's turning the lightsaber there, and he you know flicks his wrist. and Yeah, no, I, I, I liked all that. I yeah. liked all that. I mean, yeah. Adam, uh, without getting too much into it, Adam Driver's phenomenal. Dude, I, I love yeah. the guy. But yeah, that scene. So my only complaint about that scene in general, and this goes more to 
how Star Wars is edited in general. Because they do this in every movie, and I don't know why they do this. The cutaways to something else. There's so yeah. many cutaways. Like, I just happened to catch the end of Phantom Menace the other day, and they cut away during, like, two or three times during the Maul, yeah. Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan fight. It's like, why can't you guys just let something be? Like, I understand that usually because in Star Wars there's five things happening at the same time, so right. you want to kind of get the timing right. But to me, it, like, it kills all the momentum of the scene. Because they start the Kylo, Rey, Snoke thing, and then they cut away from it. And are you really paying attention to what's happening in this next scene? Because yeah, all I'm know, thinking about is get me. Yeah, all I'm thinking is like get back to Kylo and Ray fighting. That's what I want to see. So Star Wars to me, and that's kind of what I mean when I said earlier. Like I kind of want a Star Wars movie to not feel like Star Wars. Like please stop doing that. Don't don't take me away from. It. And I, I guess I guess it just feels more egregious in Star Wars movies. I'm sure there's other movies that do that all the time, but for some reason in Star Wars. Like, I felt like this movie in particular. Now, I need to go back and compare it, but, like, I felt like it was really bad at taking you away when you most wanted to stay there. To, to be there, yeah. yeah. And I think in other other Star Wars, and I, I'm thinking of Return of the Jedi, when him and Luke's fighting Vader, when they when they cut away was, like, when Luke was hiding, you know? Right. And so, like, they fought, they fought, they fought, and then Luke's hiding, and so that they cut away. You know, right. so it wasn't right in the middle of of the fight. Right. You know, like, like they did in this. And so there was no, yeah, I, I agree. I was okay. like, I just, just stay here. And I'd like to splice a movie that only has, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that scene together, yeah. you know? And so I don't have to go to one of these others that I'm, I'm right. just shying away from the, these plot devices. That right. About. <laughs> right. So before we leave that scene though, I mean, it is the scene Correct. For, for me. Yeah. There's other scenes that try to be the scene. There's nothing as, awesomely shot awesomely choreographed even the emotion in it between kylo and ray and the intensity of what's going to happen one of the comments i made coming out of this movie when i was talking to somebody else was the highs of the last jedi are higher than the highs of the force awakens the lows of the last jedi are lower than those in the force awakens so to me when you you aggregate them and they start to get a little bit closer but there's nothing in the force awakens that touches that Kylo scene from Last Jedi to me. I, I disagree. Okay. I think the the scene that does it for me in The Force Awakens, you don't think Ray is gonna fight with a lightsaber. You sure you, so from the trailers and everything and then you, you have Finn fighting, you know, and you think it's it's there. And then when that lightsaber kinda she catches it and turns that sucker on. Yeah. That's like I'm getting chills right now. Right. Just just talking about it, like <laughs> like that was freaking awesome. You yeah. Know? And, and I and I love that scene. And that and I never really got that in this. It's like that's cool they're fighting together, but I never really got like that's a cool scene. Oh, see, I, I'm see, the, I, I, I didn't, I didn't get, you know, I'm the opposite. I, I got chills both times seeing it on Last Jedi when that happens. Now, I, I don't get chills on the Ray scene from Force Awakens. It's kind of like the first time it was cool, but then afterwards I kind of know it's coming. Even when I know it's coming the second time on Last Jedi when we saw it, I still got chills. Like it's her, him turning, and you think they're going to join up, and they're giving you hope that maybe. I don't think you ever think Ray's going bad. Bad. I think yeah. you think Kylo's going good. Yeah. Um, so there's just all this kind of swirling. But and, and I wondered if they would switch. And then the other part of me is like, they're not going to make Ray bad. You know, of all the yeah. following that Ray has, I, I, there's no way Disney would let that happen. You yeah. know, all of a sudden Ray's bad and Kylo's good. Right. <laughs> I, was like, I know. I was, I was like, so as soon as they're they're kind of talking to each other, I go, I go there's no way. Right. There's no way. So my mind just immediately sent that out into the world. And that that's kind of the burden <laughs> of watching. 600 movies sure. over four years you just kind of know what they're going to do and not going to well, do well and and big movies like this and you know the marvel universe and you know things that have such a 
following that you can't rock the boat too right. much. You yeah. don't have that freedom to do that. Right. And uh, he did try to rock the boat he, this movie. Yeah, he, he did, but he but he couldn't you can't again, you can't make Ray bad. You can't make yeah. Luke evil. You know, and although they tried, they they hinted, which I, I liked. I liked that. Uh, I, I thought it was a good Yeah. It was a good way of explaining why he didn't want to train Ray. Sure. I don't know if this is where we want to go right now. Well, sure. But there's a lot of pushback on what Luke became in this movie. There's, I, I have heard very strong comments about taking a crap all over the original trilogy. I've read those as well, but they're saying that they wish you would have been handled differently. I'm saying that it makes sense of why he was handled that way. Sure. And I kind of agreed with that at first. I think, as I was thinking about this last two days, though, Obi-Wan went through the same thing. He did. <laughs> did he <laughs> come out up. the other side acting like, I mean, he did try to kill Anakin. And he kind of did, but no, yeah, he went to the desert and hid forever. Well, what I'm, yeah, but, that's what Luke did. Well, he was the last one. Yeah, but so, but, well, but so was Obi Wan. But when Obi Wan comes back to train Luke, is he this like curmudgeon guy who's so worried that Luke might turn bad that he? I, I guess what I'm saying is the demeanor Obi Wan came across in the originals as wise, very knowing, even when there was the same risk that Luke could go bad and everything. He didn't come across as like this jaded. You know, whatever. Well, Luke um, was always kind of a whiny. Luke was, but you left the original trilogy thinking that he's the hero, he's the guy, he's the one that's going to save all the Jedi, bring them all back. And I think that's where everybody's kind of like scratching their heads at like, oh man, he kind of turned into this guy you don't really like. And I kind well, of... See, I didn't get that at all. I didn't... I, I liked him. I thought one, I made him more human of I screwed up big time. And not only it was my nephew that I screwed up that now my sister and brother-in-law probably hate me because sure. I, I completely screwed up. I don't want to do that again. I, I could see that. Right. But I guess that all made sense to me until I started thinking about how Obi-Wan handled it. Oh, Anakin was just a guy he met on a planet. I right. mean, it wasn't his, sure. It wasn't family, but it's still, you know, I Obi-Wan think Obi-Wan looked like he'd been in the desert a lot longer than <laughs> Luke was on that Island. I, I think it's just people thought, Luke was the new Obi-Wan, right? The the master, the the all-knowing, all the stuff. And he's really reverted to more of like the same Luke from A New Hope that you don't really like. Kind of whiny and, you know, whatever. So I can get where people are coming from. It didn't grate on me that bad, but like I can see why people don't like what happened with Luke. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want him to, to force die or whatever he did. Sure. Because I thought everything could have been fine without that scene. You know, he could have, okay, I'm back with the Force and do that hologram thing and then him say see you around kid and then still be sure still be on the island right you know and then we can see whatever they want to do with him in the next movie right you know i, I don't like that piece of it i, right. I kind of wanted luke to go out the blaze of glory but his reasonings and his attitude throughout the whole thing i wish he would have dropped the lightsaber opposed to throwing it over his shoulder he could have just dropped it and it would have been less cheesy a lot of people did not like that uh, <laughs> it, was, it was like oh, that's that's lame just drop it you know like yeah. this means nothing to me drop it opposed to toss it over the shoulder which is comical right uh, it felt like yeah mm -hmm. you know two stabs at the humor at the beginning we had the phone call with poe hux that we talked right. about and then now was, let's just lay it on again right and so I, I did not like he could have dropped it with with more passion and, and stay with the character and, and all this but right no i i liked i liked luke uh in his him going to kill kylo and then just and then feeling so guilty that he even had that thought right uh that shut him off from the world i think that 
I liked it. Yeah, liked it a lot. No, that, that I like that scene. I like that we got like kind of three different reveals of what really happened. Right. Because Kylo kept referencing Everybody it. tells a story differently. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that. I guess I'm even okay to a certain extent with like how Luke was jaded by it and everything. Uh, bouncing all around here. So if yeah. the Yoda scene had a little bit more of a resonance or a payoff, because I feel like that's what they were trying to do. That Yoda was trying to set him straight, right? And you know, we know that he hasn't talked to Yoda for a long time because he's shut himself off from the Force. Yeah, but I feel like if they could have made that scene more poignant to get Luke to understand where, like, I know Yoda says something like, uh, "Failure is the greatest teacher." It's the greatest, right? He, he's trying. It just. It, it, I thought. That, I think that that's what he needed to say. And I, I think I did, that's but, what what resonated, and I thought that's a great Yoda one liner that will resonate right. through history, which is true. Failure is the greatest sure. teacher. But it just I, in I think the, it, it hit him. Yeah, but it didn't. I don't know. For some reason, that scene didn't have like the power punch that I wanted it to have. I did not feel half as strong about that scene as I did the Kylo Ray scene, where those emotions were high sure. and intense. So maybe that's just me. Maybe it's a byproduct of the storytelling. I don't know. It just I don't know. That would have helped me a little bit more. I thought you would have said all he needed to say. I think more of that oh, yeah. would have been too much. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. saying more Yoda. I'm just saying like some sort of culmination. I don't know. It just I've seen it twice now and that scene didn't really like resonate me as like the massive turning point for Luke. I think that's what it was trying to be. It just didn't didn't do that. And maybe it's because, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, I I don't like how he went out. I don't like the projection thing at the end. Like maybe if he had turned that into actual action and like going and helping fight and stuff like that like yeah. that would have maybe done something more for me but like the projection onto the crate that planet to um you know confront kylo in the end that i didn't like it i i didn't like it i'm okay with it i didn't like him dying after it i'm okay with him doing yeah. it you know and having the power to do it i the second viewing let let me be okay with him having the power to do that but because like Kylo mentions earlier to Ray, you wouldn't have the power to do this. It would kill you, you know, to connect the two. Apparently Luke does and more. And then some, um, I thought the fight scene could have been a lot cooler with Luke continuing to, to dodge him, yeah. you know, and not the matrixy <laughs> sword uh, yeah. thing. That's which, such a which, lame. Uh, I know the, the slow-mo ducking under the saber, but I, w- I was okay with, see, if you had a more powerful Yoda scene, then you knew Luke was going to help, you know? Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you can, yes, you knew that Luke was going to help right. because it's Star Wars, but I think it left it still a little ambiguous for yeah. who, how, and what. But. Sure, sure. Okay, so, so I think we have two paths we can go down from right here. Okay. Um, and if you've got a third one, let's let's throw it out there. So the two natural paths that I see off of this conversation now are, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Yoda, or we dive into a little bit more about the end confrontation the okay. force projection out there. Or okay. if you have a third, throw the third out there. No, we'll, we'll, we'll stay with the end and we'll stay with the, the main, okay. The main plot line here. Okay. So I've already said, I did not care for the fact that it was a force projection. It felt like a cheap parlor trick. Um, I knew something was up when Mark Hamill looked very just for mend. He had a short hair and the beard. I was like, that's either a major gaffe or something else is going on here. <laughs> thinking the same thing. I was okay. like, no way they're that dumb to where all he shaves and all of a sudden he's not gray. Right. You know? And, and it's like, Right. Uh, and, and I caught a few more giveaways the second time. They explicitly show Kylo moving his feet in the white salt and right. showing red. And then they show Luke's feet and they and, move and there's and they, no red. Right. I just, I can't get over the fact that especially on rewatches, it feels so cheap. So cheap. Like this is the master Jedi and he decides that he's going to confront 
he's going to confront them by projecting a hologram of himself. I know it's not a hologram, but you know what I mean? A force vision of himself across the galaxy. And like, it's all fake fighting. Like, I don't know. I, I just didn't like it. It's maybe he couldn't get there fast enough. And so that's why he did it. And so maybe sure. And so I'm like, okay, so that's, that's why they're fighting. I, I liked, I didn't need the slow-mo, you know, like I mentioned that was, right. that was dumb. I wish, I wish there could have been a little bit more, Again, like I said, more more of a fight choreographed fight yeah. thing to show how awesome. Even if he's projecting how awesome right. Luke is, right. yeah, you, you didn't get the Luke's awesome. No, out well, of it. okay. And, and so the one time you could have massively got Luke is awesome is if he's real and they put all those guns on him. I yeah, mean, you could have created some kind of like thing where he's either. I don't think blocking him with a lightsaber would have been good, but you know, like <laughs> if he really is like the end all be all now of like force users, like again, some kind of like shield, like he was doing something. I mean, let, let's, let's not force even force field. Well, yeah. And let's not even <laughs> mention the fact that, you know, he could have like phantom menaced and fast ran, ran away fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was your time. Right? right. And that's what I thought we were getting. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to see like the craziest use of force here for him to not get hit by all these things. And take then, down walkers and take down, yeah. Well, not even, I didn't even care if it was that. I would have been okay with how the scene played out where like Kylo then goes down and stuff. But like after Luke has shown like this crazy force ability, which I know he's technically doing, but not in that way. Right. No, it was I, like the two main uses of force that they're trying to do with Leia and Luke we're so wrong like right. i feel like it's like you and i used to talk about superman you want to see it you want to feel it i want to feel the punches um, yeah that's why i like the matrix so much when it did it like you he could dodge bullets and they did a great job of showing that so you like you got the awe of his power like you did not get that with luke like i'm never in awe of his. i'm sorry I've, as cool as it may be that a force projection across the galaxy did that it's right kind of lame right you're, you're so not, you're not pretending to be luke and yeah and you're a kid Right, you know, oh, I force, oh, I force projected myself, <laughs> right. you know. Right. <laughs> so th- that, especially on rewatches, is really hard for me to swallow because I see so much missed opportunity. I don't know if you got this feeling out, but maybe it was the music or something building up. I thought they were stopping the movie when you walked out there. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna be so pissed. Or even after that, once the guns went on him again, I was like, oh man, they're gonna stop it here. I thought right when he walked out and they had it just him walking through the hole. I thought, I go, are they gonna stop this yeah. movie? I was gonna be. Like right here, and I was like, okay, that's gonna be an epic freaking scene, yeah, you know. But don't don't stop the right. movie, yeah. But I thought they were gonna okay. cut it right there. No, I was I was right there with you. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that was thinking <laughs> that. I, I was not gonna be happy either, but yeah. yeah so that that whole uh, again, for me, the force projection was just no good. No, didn't I like it. Didn't didn't like it. Was a would be okay with it if it didn't kill him. Sure. And then you could see that fight later. But now, yeah. now we'll never see Luke versus Kylo. Right. And I'll be perfectly honest. The first time I saw this, I did not catch the Kylo line about, oh, you can't be doing this. It'll kill you. Yeah. I did catch the fact that Snoke was doing it. But, I mean, it wasn't, it didn't seem to be taxing Snoke any to be creating a bridge between the two. Well, there's bridge. He was projecting sure. himself. Sure. So I, I was kind of confused as to why Luke died. I mean, I know they showed him, like, exhausted and everything. I kind of got that, okay, he, that, that took a lot out of him. But, like, it was just kind of like... Really? Like, that's how we're making Luke go? I mean, gotta think he's back in the next episode, right? Oh, Force Ghost, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so let's let's retrace our steps a little bit. Okay. Back to Yoda. Back to Yoda. Okay. What'd you think? Yoda's back? I'm okay with Yoda. Okay. I got no problem. And Yoda apparently has Force Lightning. So (laughs) I'm I'm okay with with Yoda. Maybe that solves the answer from um, episode two, where Dooku shoots the lightning, and Yoda 
catches, catches it, it in and the ball. shoves it back. And everybody's like, well, can Yoda do lightning or is it a ball? I mean, I don't, I don't care, but let's just yeah. you know, maybe make some people happy about that. I will admit, I almost laughed out loud when they showed Yoda the first time. It looked bad. It looked really bad. I thought it was the Clone Wars Yoda. And I've seen it twice now. There's a huge, there's some kind of difference. I think there's two. I think there's a CGI. I think there's a puppet. The first shot you get, I feel like is CGI. Once Luke starts talking to him and he set everything on fire, when Yoda lights a train on fire, it switches to a puppet. It is what, I, what my take was on it. I, I thought it was a puppet the whole time, but it was a glowing puppet, so it made it look weird. Okay, maybe uh, that's what happened then, but some something is wrong on that initial shot of Yoda. Yeah, well, the last time you, you saw Yoda, really, it was... You know CGI, unless you've rewatched, yeah. you know, you know the original three. But so I'm, I'm glad they at least went part of it with the puppet. If right. again, I don't know what they did, yeah. but it looked like the Yoda that died, and yeah. that's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. So I'm glad if they did go puppet, great. But to me, I didn't have it because it's the second time I was really watching him because some people said he didn't look like Yoda. So I was really looking at it and I was like, well, it looks like the puppet that I'm that I know. Yeah, and I think so, uh, like I said, I, my my takeaway, my hunch, I guess, is that full body shots they went cgi for whatever reason but most of the conversation takes place they and maybe they turned down some of the glowing or something I but know. i like the puppet I, yeah. I definitely like the puppet but whatever it is that i'm seeing in the beginning of that scene when it starts i i don't like i mean i almost laughed out loud the first time <laughs> it was that bad but at least we got yoda back we got, and we got we, force ghosts i mean everybody's been talking about wanting to see force yeah ghosts where's now the forever. force ghosts yeah. they're here one other thing about that scene was i the only one hoping for an obi-wan ghost I didn't know yeah. what it was going to be. I didn't know. I was like, they throw, it'd be weird if they put in Ewan. Yeah. You know, I was like. But you can overlook that. Well, I guess. You, could you put uh, Alec? Well, I mean, they put. Uh, right. They put Hayden in to Return of the Jedi now. And Luke never knew what young Anakin looked oh, like. I was like, you know, computer generated oh. Alec glowing. Oh, okay. You know, can, can you put, can you put him in there and say. Right. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, you're, you're dead. Right. But if Luke never knew the Hayden Christensen Anakin, who is now a Force ghost in Return of the Jedi. Right. And, you know, for movie logic, he does know who that is because in the scene he's nodding, looking at his Yoda, Obi-Wan, and his dad. So I think you could probably safely assume that, you know, you could stretch movie logic here and he would recognize the young Obi-Wan. And maybe part of it's just me wanting to give you and his fair share for getting raked over the coals in the prequels unfairly. Um, He's okay. So we talked about this a little bit. Uh, Attack of the Clones was on on TV yeah. all week. You know, Ewan does not act well in that. Movie. Nobody does in all the I movies. Mean, but I, at least it's in some bad movies, you get at least somebody who's acting. You know, acting, and yeah. and he was so he is so bad. And I used to give him all the credit in the world because it was just bad other people around him. He's bad. Everybody's bad in the prequel. I like Ewan McGregor. I do not necessarily need to see him as Obi-Wan again. Natalie Portman is bad in the prequels. I love Natalie Portman. She's bad in the prequels. Go watch them. They're bad. I love Natalie Portman. Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> is bad in the prequels. So Everybody's bad. So well, I think I just wanted... I would have been okay with an Obi-Wan with appearance. An, with a, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, while we're on the island, every creature on the island needed to be eliminated. <laughs> so is so yeah. unnecessary the porgs so, too yeah, porgs too you gonna like the chewies eating uh, the porgs i like chewy eating the porgs but i okay. hated the, the freaking porgs okay unnecessary you, you take a look and you're like why are these here this is unnecessary we're making cgi i mean to sell toys i guess or little furby porgs i guess is what we're going for 
I want nothing to do with them. I want nothing to do with him milking the whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> why? Why? Who, again, who right. thinks this is a good idea? Right. And then you have these caretakers that you don't need caretakers just for comic relief. I mean, yeah. they're stupid. They're, they're absolutely stupid. Luke needed to be on that freaking island by himself. It didn't need to be upkept. Luke could have done that in the last 30 years that he was there, built his little shed. Sure. He, you just, know. Well, he cut himself off from the force. He's going to say he could just like, you didn't have to put yeah. any work, just force build. Right, force build. Yeah. Then cut yourself off. From <laughs> and the then force. you cut yourself. I'm going to build this real quick and then cut myself off again. Right. But it was, uh, I hate it. It didn't need anything. It didn't need porgs. It didn't need this milk creature. It didn't need caretakers. Just eliminate those from the freaking movie. I don't understand yeah. why you can look at this and think, yeah, yeah, let's do that. I, I got the impression that that milking scene was there purely for like the, oh, you know, look how wily and crazy Luke is now, you know, because he kind of makes this weird face after he does it. Like, well, because I'm drinking green milk from <laughs> right. a freaking walrus yeah. thing. I mean, it, yeah, it wasn't I mean, necessary. It, unless somebody is questioning how Luke eats on the island. Sure. You know, it's like, which well, they it's an- solved. One second later, right? When right. he like right. does like a hundred foot spearfish. Right. <laughs> no reason. I had, I had to watch that again the second time because I was like, oh, okay, am I, you know, he like pole vaults across the gap and then. Which he, he didn't need to pole vault across yeah. the gap. He could have spearfished from the first side. Right. But, so that whole thing was like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Every other creature on the island just needed to be eliminated. Right. And who sees this and sees a good idea? I just don't. I want to be in that room right. when that happens. I want to put it in the script. Chewie's eating this chicken. Well, the chicken looks at him and he decides not to eat. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, why? Why are you? Right. <sighs> yeah. Yep. I, I won't disagree with you there. They did nothing for me. So by default, I'd say go ahead and take him out. I mean, I did kind of think the ones where Ray cuts the stone and it falls down and hits the cart. Like after they'd already established that they don't like her because she shot a hole in one of the hut. Right. That was kind of funny. That was one of the few times in the movie where I was like, okay, that was uh, uh, that line worked for me. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but again, didn't need to be there. No. Didn't need to be it there. It wouldn't have changed anything had no. it not been there. But yeah, I agree. There were, it could have been, I mean, unnecessary. I think Star Wars does that a lot. Just throws in unnecessary creatures or characters because they feel like they need to. Mm, Freaking Lucas does. Yes. Whole, all prequels. So we, we're not going to go down that hole. Well, and that kind of goes to my point when I said in the very beginning, which is like, Come on, guys. We can divorce ourselves. It's um, I might be taking us down a bad path here, but it's like the casino place. Like oh, we're, it's, we're going there. It's okay. not. A, it's not a cantina, but we shot it just like a cantina scene. Correct. You know what I mean? Like going through, seeing all the characters and stuff. So like, so, I, so now, now that now that we're there, yeah, we're, we're at the cantina, casino. Yeah, it's easy to mix. It's them easy up. to mix the two. So we're at the casino, and what a perfect one hundred percent wonderful way to bring in lando sure and they ruined it they ruined it he could have he could have been that guy that they're looking for right never actually talked to him because that that guy didn't but he could have been that guy and which doesn't eliminate him from being in anything in the the next movie no but that was a perfect description of lando when she gave it i listened to it both times you know both times we saw it and i was like that's got to be lando he's on a he's gambling you know, he likes the, the hoity-toity people. That, like, that could have been Lando. Yeah. And he would have been right there at playing craps, and he could have said whatever he needed to say, and then we could maybe see old Billy D in the next movie. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, e- either way, he gets his cameo of that's who they were looking for. Excellent pilot, you know, codebreaker, smuggler, whatever he is. Right. And then there's just this guy who's acting like Johnny Depp. Hey, freaking Captain Jack Sparrow! Like I didn't. It looked like Justin Thoreau, uh, Jennifer Aniston's boyfriend. I don't. I don't know if it was or not. I need to look it up. I, but... I, I don't know. I don't know. But he, he was talking like Johnny Depp, and yeah. I was like, I, 
why? That was a perfect place to just drop in old yeah. Billy D. Williams. No, that that I honestly that thought did not cross my mind. No? But now that you say that, I'd have been all on board. It'd been when, perfect. She, when she was describing, I I, I leaned over to my wife right. and I go, "Oh, that's gonna be Lando." Well, and especially since they didn't go with that character, right? So you right. could have still had Benicio doing whatever he's doing right, over exactly. here, and Lando could have been the throwaway guy. Yeah, he he's just there, and then he never sees Finn, never right. sees, and he would have been a rebellion sympathizer, so it would have right. worked. Perfect as well. So, right. Yeah, it was a good fit. Yeah, um, it, it was just a yeah. huge missed opportunity. I would agree. That they're with that. going through everything, and it's like, oh, there's Lando, and we want Lando, but but it, their path gets diverted, and right. so we didn't see Lando. And so maybe we'll see him in the next one. Maybe not. Either way, yeah. he got his he got his his due. What's Lando doing now? He's mm-hmm. gambling on a casino plan. <laughs> you know, and, then, yeah. and that's fine. Everybody would have been happy with that. Right. But that, no, I like oh, it. I was so I was so mad when it when it wasn't. Yeah. And and they didn't even use the guy. And I was like, all right. I had heard prior that Billy D. Williams was not in the movie. And so I was like, maybe they're just throwing me off, but that's really Lando there. Right. And then... well, and so the dice, I don't even know anything about the dice. I mean, I read it afterwards, but like, I don't think anybody in the world knows. It's in those... like one scene in the first one. Yeah. So I'm going to question my, my star Wars, you know, knowledge here, but Han won the Falcon from Lando. Yes. Okay. So in a card game. You could have had land if you kept Lando in there longer. So I've heard it's also a card game, but I also heard the dice have something to do with how he won. Okay, so sure. But anyways, I guess my point was like if you, that was Lando and you kept him in, there was your explanation. You you could have had Lando make a comment not about the dice, but like you could have tied that in to give it a little bit more weight too. Like if you had somehow gotten on the Falcon or seen the Falcon, right. you know what I mean? The dice just you could tell there was emphasis on the dice, and I don't think. Anybody outside of like, I'm not even talking like Star Wars nerds like us. Right. I'm talking hardcore people that like read all the books, all that stuff. Like they've got to be the only ones that know the dice. Um, So to put that much emphasis on it, like I I like your Lando point because I think it could have come around. I mean, I knew it had something to do with with Han and they knew it had something to do with Han. And so so it's like, okay, but it has no meaning to the audience right whatsoever yeah and so i was like and it's, you're, you're putting a lot of emphasis on this and, yes and it's and, clearly going to show up in the solo movie right and why did the dice take so long to disappear after luke uh, was yeah. dead i caught that the second time. i was like wow okay <laughs> it looks already dead yet these dice are flying around right and why was luke's lightsaber blue yeah yeah he force projects him with his dad's lightsaber yeah not, not the one he built himself Anyway, right, which you would think that a, Kylo would have maybe caught on at that because I already broke that one. Right, but not that Luke couldn't build hundreds more right. later. But yeah, it's like, well, I was that blue? That should have been green. Right, you know. But I, I saw a lot of talk about that stuff, and, and that even reminds me of something I forgot to mention during the final fight. Um, people commented about this online. Uh, first Star Wars movie where there's no lightsaber v lightsaber right. action. No, no lightsaber fight. There's a there's a quote unquote lightsaber fight. But none that actually they fight each other. Right, right. There's no actual like lightsaber on lightsaber contact, nothing. So I, I thought that was an interesting takeaway. So I mean, first movie ever to not really give you that kind of action. No Rogue was, One. Well, it's sorry. In, in the main episode when stuff. Yeah. That gave you one of the best scenes in Star Wars history uh, sure. with Vader. Right. But so while we're on the casino thing. Yes. <laughs> are are you in agreement with me that that could all go away? Oh, you, absolutely. you could just highlight it? Click delete, and you don't lose anything. You highlight Rose and hit delete, and I don't want anything to do with her. Yeah, I, I didn't mind. Terrible character. Ter- and then you put Finn with her, and Finn now becomes a, I don't want to see Finn anymore. Right. Finn was really cool with Ray, and they, they really worked well together. 
Finn and Rose. I want nothing to do with the casino. I want nothing to do with their subplot with Captain Phasma. Yeah. It, it meant nothing to the movie other than Benicio knew that they were cloaking out of there. Okay. Yeah. So along those lines, they light speed out of the, out of the ship, right? Rose and, and mm-hmm. Finn to go find Lando. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first order didn't care that people were, that they light speeded out of there. Why yeah. don't you just keep firing these transports all in different directions and light speed out there? It's like, how did they get out? And nobody noticed. The only people that noticed almost was the rebels. Right. They're like, what was that? Oh, it was debris. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer. My okay. guess is like, it was maybe so small that the empire just didn't care. Okay. So keep sending everybody else out there. Sure. You know, get them off the, the ship. I'm sure. I'm sure they them. only have so many escape pods <laughs> that they can do. Well, they had a bunch, I guess, transport ships, whatever. Sure. Anyway. So, but no, Rose, just her whole character, her as an, an actress, her has a, hey, casinos are bad. These rich warmongers are bad. These greyhound horse things are bad. Yeah. Or are good. And we, we at least we saved a horse that sure. they can just rein back in. I'm like, that's dumb. Yeah. That whole, all that's dumb. I, I, I didn't mind Rose. I just didn't like the whole plot in general. So her inside of that was just whatever for me. You know, sequels do this. Stranger Things just got knocked for doing this in season two, where you take the main people, that's what everybody liked about the movie, and you break them up. I mean, right. technically Empire did it too. They took Luke and shoved him off somewhere else, but at least he evolved and did something. Finn doesn't really grow as a person on this separate trip. I mean, he gets to the realization that war is war and people make money off of it and all that stuff, but it doesn't really land him in anywhere. And he already, well, he, he was already, already there. He, yeah. oh, I don't want to be involved in any of this. I want to run away. Right. I mean, so that's Finn. That's why I think the, it, it falls so flat. I mean, it's just like here, we need to give Finn something to do while he's over here. And yeah, I just, that whole plot line needs to go away. The, when they run through the city on the backs of those things, very prequelish. Very, oh. very prequelish. Oh, I, agree. I mean, it kind of felt like Anakin riding on right. top of those hippo things in <laughs> right. Attack of the Clones. Just not, not good. The message, and you know, they they try to tie it in later with a little boy at the end who uses the Force and he's looking up at the sky. Somehow, these kids already know the tale of Luke Skywalker facing off against all the walkers and stuff, right? Because they're recreating it. So, like, I don't know how this has the, happened. The legend continues. Um, yeah. So kinda, he's become more than more than a man now. Yeah, so the spark. That, that I I get what they were trying to do, but yeah, like the whole setup of like there's an underlying class here. This rich Finn wants to be in the rich class, and then Rose exposes him to everything underneath. I I get it. Um, it's a message. It's typically not one you get in Star Wars. I mean, you got a little bit of it in the early prequels with slavery and stuff like that. It just it didn't add anything to it to make the payoff be that there's like a new uh, legion of kids that's inspired for the rebellion. I mean, I guess that's, that now have force powers. Well, and that, that's always kind of been there. I mean, that's where Luke came from. You had people that were wanting to rise up and fight. And Leia's already said, you know, we have people all over the galaxy, even though I, I know nobody responded and stuff. But the casino stuff was just it's not it's not easy to rewatch. No, it's not. And they, oh, I'm glad. At least we trashed the casino. I was like, did you really? You didn't trash <laughs> right. the whole city. Right. I mean, you you ran through a couple. Like, okay. Did uh, did you like Benicio? No. Yeah, me either. Partially, it was the whole plot line. Yeah, that, that he was on. I mean, I like Benicio as an actor. Um, I like him in almost everything he's in. His little ticks or whatever makes him a little a little different there, but he, he added nothing. Yeah. And he, it's unfortunate that he was tied to that plot line that made me want to again edit out that whole movie right of that those pieces there yeah. so I, i'm completely with you on that one okay so getting to the 
the middle part of the rebellion. So we're Poe. I heard a lot of people not like Poe uh, in this. I I liked Poe. I thought um, he actually had a pretty good like arc, right? Like he's they call him trigger happy, sure. whatever. And then by the end, he's clearly become the leader that somebody needed him to be. So he yeah. evolved at least, right? And he and the fact that you assume that he was going to be right uh, in his method of doing things, and he really, he kept being wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was an interesting way to do him. And then he realized, well, gosh, I think I'm right all the time. And then I realized that I'm not. Right. Uh, so I thought that was really good. Good for Poe. Miss Jurassic Park. Why does she have purple hair? That really yeah. bugs the crap out of me. It's like <laughs> now we're like hungry. Like I want to make her an, an alien. I want to make her a little bit different, yeah. but not with any effort. So I'm just going to give her purple hair. Like, right. It's really distracting yeah. and unnecessary i thought yeah yeah her character was take it or leave it yeah. i didn't really care I, she did get one of the coolest shot uh, scenes well yeah i was just just about there but okay. she's gonna put before we get to that okay that, that part we have and again also why is she in a dress everybody else is in military <laughs> for she, sure she's yeah. in a dress well, i mean but leia was wearing leia is a princess weird, so. okay. okay she's a freaking princess she can wear whatever the heck <laughs> okay. she wants but i was like why she's with this badass commander person and she's wearing a dress and everybody else is in military outfits whatever right that was weird yeah. yeah and so and then and on that that piece uh i read a lot online about how people were oh almost all the pilots are female like why are all like 90 percent of the the rebellion was female and the big group thing and i didn't notice it the first time but after i read those and we went and watched a lot i was like yeah almost everybody here is female I'm like okay and they're they're all complaining that it's hollywood or whatever or we're trying oh, to get sure. more female power or whatever you have ray and you have all these female people assuming you're not you know sexist uh, how it fits in the story of well there's only 400 people left in the rebellion right and if you said oh the men fight first they're all dead. Right. That's okay. Who's left. That's who's left. You, you have, you have those people who's left. So I was like, okay, well that, that fits. Yeah. You know? So it's not that I, I think there should be more men. It's just the people that are complaining that they're not yeah. enough men. Well, here, here's something that solves that they're all dead. Right. You those know? are going to be the same people that don't like the message of the casino, which I don't mind the message of the casino that war is war. I actually like that Benicio showed Finn, the hologram of sells to both sides. To both. Yeah. I'm okay with that message. I mean, that's a fine message. It didn't, didn't do anything for me. But the same people who are going to get aggravated at that message are going to get aggravated at somehow yeah. notice. I I didn't even notice. I, I didn't either. And then when I was reading the reviews, it's it like everybody. I was like, oh, every yeah. There is a lot of women in this, but you know, again, if you think logically of your of the men should be fighting, well, they're all dead. Yeah, you know, yeah. And there's only 400 people left. So, <laughs> so that, here's what you're left with. That was going to be yeah. the way I explained it when you started talking, but that I think that's right. Yeah. And so I was like, again, I'm I'm okay with it. Didn't have a problem with it to begin with, but. Right. Here we are. Yeah. Um, so the coolest scene that's not Ray Kylo related mm-hmm. is the light speed through Snoke's ship. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It was shot perfectly. It, 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 one foot, the, the sonic boom type, you know, the aftershock, I guess, yeah. or the sound shock after that was, was done mm-hmm. very well. The only thing that you have a problem with now is why didn't they do that to the Death Star? <laughs> right you know it's yeah. like okay well if this is a solution yeah. that you just takes one person one kamikaze. ship kamikaze we're gonna go right through that death star yeah um the one thing i and i tried to watch this on the second viewing but how how did it get more ships than just one or did i am i missing that it looked to me like she, she took out snoke ship it looked like a couple of the other destroyers 
went down too. I assume that those pieces of like debris, blow, yeah, I mean, blowing apart. That's kind of what I know. chalked it up to as well. But I mean, it just kind of caught me off guard. Oh, for first a impact like, it exploded everything, and they right. fired into. I mean, yeah. it's going light speed through a ship. So I assume yeah. there's yeah some contact. That there. that was an incredible, like really well shot, you know, piece of film. Right. Like, it, it was really cool. It was a. It was something that you always think about. You know, if you ever watched it in the in the first one, they always say if you get too close to a star, you know, blow up. You know, those those types of things in the in the original. And it's like that. That's a cool cool yeah. way to go. But then it also really puts a a burden on JJ of you know this is an option. Sure, <laughs> you sure. know, and then everyone's gonna say, well, why don't they just you know send somebody to fly through whatever it is that sure. you're making next time? I mean, there's that, and then you know, going back to the force projections, it's like I know maybe Luke can only do it, but like. Now are we gonna have to watch every Star Wars movie that comes after this that has a really powerful, you know, Sith or Jedi or whoever it is, and just think, okay, is, is that a hologram? A, yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't quite set a good precedent. Yeah, um, but you're exactly right. So now the next time there's a big super weapon again, maybe I don't have to worry about it as much. I can just be like, all right, we'll just light speed oh, through it. Well, and... light speed a cruiser right, yeah. right through there. You know, <laughs> definitely. And and the the person has to be on the ship. Uh, I never got that. You know, it's yeah, like, we don't have remote technology in right. Star Wars. <laughs> and and the, the guy who's on the medical freighter that was out of gas. Yeah. What's he doing on the ship? Yeah. You know, everybody else everybody else got off, but I'm I'm gonna stay here and and, and do what? Right. Your ship's not moving. Yeah. You know and that's just the the movie <laughs> stuff, right? Go down with the ship. Go down the ship. Yeah. yeah. Can a, Star Wars not get Star Trek teleportation down? Can we not be you know. Well, maybe they don't have that technology. I'm okay with that. Right. Okay. So <laughs> But get off the get off the ship and put it on autopilot, which it's not even flying. Right. I mean, it's a dead yeah, I agree. They they should have autopilot. Saying Star Trek actually just reminded me of a couple of things, but not really big. But so I, I mentioned one of these, but there was three things that I caught that were kind of ripped from other movies. Leia was taken from Guardians. Um, <laughs> the ability to track while somebody's in light speed is from Star, Star Trek, Trek into darkness. Okay. And so create the planet that's white and red. Yeah. Star Trek into darkness opens oh, on yeah. a very white and red planet. So again, these aren't. They didn't affect my viewing experience. It's just something, you know, when when you watch all the movies that we watch, you're you bound to see the... something that you pick up. And those were three things that I that I caught right away. Yeah. And and part of that is you wonder, is that something that, oh, I think this would be really cool. I'm not remember where you saw it from, you know, as a director. Yeah. <laughs> if he watches as many movies as we do, it's like, like that's really cool. You know, subliminally yeah. in your head. Yeah. Somewhere that look really cool, the white and the red. Kind of like when musicians. Or intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like when musicians, <laughs> you know, come up with probably a beat or something like that. And they're like, you know, they think it's original, but they don't realize they heard it 20 years ago with sure. some song on the radio. It's been stuck <laughs> in their head. So didn't affect my rating, my score, my enjoyment, nothing. It's just something that I caught. So my, my last note that I haven't, that we haven't talked about on my list was Captain Phasma and her armor. Oh, so are you going with the fact that it the bullet the, the the blaster fires off? Yeah, yet nobody else's does that. So why don't we dress our stormtroopers yeah. in whatever the heck you're wearing? Because that's the point of your armor. I'm okay with that. Why? Uh, I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's the Star Wars equivalent of adamantium. Adamant. Everybody, can, <laughs> there's, vibranium, there's only vibranium. Vibranium. Well, yeah. Not many people can get their hands on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the phasma thing. It's not that I want to see more, but if they're going to cast Brianna Tarth, yeah. And, you know, put her on magazine covers. Like, like give her, give her. I feel bad for her. Like, you're cast. You're given this kind of cool role where you stand out and, like, you're huge. You get to fight Finn. You get armor that sets you apart. Like, you've been really discarded the last two movies. Now there's talk that, oh, she may not even be dead in this one. Like, if you're not going to do it right, get it out of there. Right. So going back to your blaster comment, like, it can 
deflect a blaster, but when he hit her with the force, I don't know what you want to call those sword force sword. Yeah, the, the sticks that can somehow block a lightsaber. Right. Like it crushed her face. Which I mean, now we're going to start arguing, you know, about blasters versus lightsabers. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, my thing with the phasma thing is like it, it's a cool nugget. I don't want to like downplay it or anything, but like it would be nice to. I mean, there's probably something like you could have given her in another scene to like. You know, Make you, you, cool. you give Hux like eight scenes, like take a couple of those and give them to Phasma because it's just somebody giving orders or something. Oh, name that. Have her do something cool. Yeah. Yeah. And at least make her look cool at some point. It doesn't have to be right. against Finn. It could be right. against, you know, any planetary something yeah. that they're invading or something. They give her a chance to, to this is how I'm different. Right. This is, this is why I'm cool. This is why I'm wearing the cool armor. Right. You know, of, okay, yeah. that's somebody I can get behind. And then her, her fault here is that she's, paired with Finn and Finn's a throwaway character in this movie, right. unfortunately, because I really liked him in the last mm-hmm. one. Uh, and, and here it's like, I don't care about your whole plot line. I don't care about BB eight right. doing the ATAT. Um, yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. So one thing, um, ATST, which one is that? Yeah. Watching the force awakens, man, they did Han so well that they did so right by Han. Everything that they had about that character from the originals, they, they did it justice. And I think I contrast that with what they did with Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker. And that it's very different. Han is still Han. He's, and it's like emotional, like the lines he gives, the way he talks to Leia, the way he talks to Ray. It's great. Uh, it's what you wanted from Han and Chewie is Chewie and Leia is even Leia. But man, they, I think that's why it makes it hard because all the original characters, they've kind of been true to them and extended them. And with, Luke, they just went on a tangent. I'll say, I think, I think it's still Luke. I just think Luke's changed based on what happened. I agree. I mean, I think that. But Han and Leia lost their kid, and they're not. But it, but it was Luke's fault. I know. It, it, I mean, it's, I'm just, it's how do you, and like, yeah, I'm going to freaking, you know, kill myself on this island. Right. Because my nephew now murders thousands right. of people. You know, on a whim. I get it. And that's my fault. Just next time you watch Force Awakens again, keep in mind, like, it's just, I watched that and I was like, man, they, they did really well by Han. And I think people might be, maybe wanted that for Luke too. And instead they got a different path. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean that he didn't develop or learn lessons. Uh, it was just different. I wanted, I did want a badass Luke. Yes. And I didn't get a badass Luke. No. And I didn't get a train, Luke training her. I, the whole, yeah, whatever that was, was not right. Luke training which, her. Which would have been... You know, going back to the the beats of the original movies, it would have been the the, the Yoda training Luke kind of thing. It right. Been, it just, yeah, it didn't, it didn't get that. And and I probably, honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I probably would have been one of the guys that would have been like, oh man, it, you know, it's the same thing. Same thing. Because <laughs> I mean, the the Kylo scene, he has Ray, Snoke has Ray look out the window at the destroyers. Oh, and firing these are all your people, like Emperor, like yeah, Jedi. So yeah, I mean, I would have been okay criticizing that happening that beat happening again to get luke as the teacher yeah i would i would have paid that price yeah i agree the main problem i'm gonna have with this movie and we touched on it last last episode was one the expectations was so unbelievably high but also i'm very protective of my my genres and so when others are going to come with these exact same critiques I'm going to be on the defensive <laughs> right? of now I'm going to have to defend Phasma. I'm going to have to defend, <laughs> you know, what, what they did. Cause there are ways like, it's okay for me to make fun of star Wars. Not, not okay for you to make fun of star sure. Wars. Sure. And so I know, I know we're going to get a lot of that. And, and just like 
the original Spider-Man. There's a lot that I have to have to defend, you know, because it gives them a lot of ammo sure. uh, here. But there's a lot to like as well. And, and Ray, again, a lot of people didn't like the way that she worked, like really didn't change. Or and I, I just thought Ray was was great. Uh, big big fan of Daisy. Big sure. Fan of Ray. Ray was great, but you're right. She didn't. She kind of evolved. She more like progressed than evolved. Like Poe went through a full arc of right. like, you know, thinks he's great, conflict, come out the other side better. Kylo had a really good arc to him where he's really bad, tormented, but he dropped back down on the bad side. Ray, you know, maybe that's part of you and I just thinking that Ray had no chance of ever going bad. Right. Ray was kind of landed at ultimate badass. She never really got to to be not good. Yeah. Like she started off, I'm beating a Sith Lord or whatever Kylo Ren is now. The first time I hold a lightsaber. Right. She never had that I'm I'm not good. She's just ultimate yeah. badass always. Yeah. And so how do you grow from that of She never got her hand chopped off. She never got her hand chopped off. She never lost. Right. And she still hasn't lost. And that's uh, gonna be interesting to see how nine goes then, because you know, she's kinda struggled, but you're right. She's never been put through like Luke got put through the ringer in Empire Strikes Back by oh, yeah. confronting Vader, finding out some truth, got his hand chopped off, all that stuff. He got his ass and beat. then he bounces back. Ray's right. never had to bounce back yet. All right. That's a, a struggle with the character because they started her off so awesome, you know. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what, what J.J. is now left with and what he has to turn into something. Because right. they, they didn't leave him a lot of a lot to play with. No, I'm interested. I think it's a whole other podcast to sure. talk about where Nine could possibly go. Yeah. So all that being said, where are you at on ratings? Ratings, I gave it a four. Okay. I'm still. I gave it a Star Wars bump because okay. I'm, I was gonna like it no matter what they put out. I can't give it a five because there's so many problems that I have with it. Okay. The second viewing helped me get to a four. I put it at a four, thinking I'd I would get there eventually, okay. and uh, I, I think I'm I'm okay there. So here's here's one thing that you and I talk about when we do these scores. Sometimes you're at a four. Yep. Closer to four and a half or closer to three and a half. Probably closer to three and a half. Okay. But I think that I could get to a solid four, like I did with the Force Awakens. Okay. I think. Uh, like now, what, two years later? Yeah. That I really I really enjoy The Force Awakens. Right. But I'm hoping So we're still we're still where we were in the beginning though, too, after talking about it now for almost an hour and a half. We are Force Awakens is above Last Jedi. Correct. Okay. And and I'm with you. I will tell you, I, I left that second viewing yesterday saying three and a half in my head. And that was painful to say. There's just problems. It was kind of boring to watch it a second time. I was kind of bored in the theater yesterday. Well, I was waiting for scenes. <laughs> my my gut says my gut says three and a half. I do want to give it a four because it did some things right. So I'm not sure where I'm at. I, if I give it a four, I'm definitely closer to three and a half. If there if if we did three seven fives, that's probably where I would be. <laughs> uh, the ultimate hedge <laughs> there keeps. But I think that's where I'm at. I I don't know. I guess we're on a podcast. We're talking about this. I need to plant my plant my flag in the ground. Yep. And this won't surprise you if I'm forced in that position i'm going three and a half that feels right i guess four to me gets into the great territory there is probably a great hour and 55 minute movie yeah you, you in let, there. Me, let me cut it let me let me splice it and i can put together something yeah. pretty good yes so it was in the fact that he said it was like three hours on initial cut 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't want to see that cut, to no. be perfectly honest. And that's sad to unless say. It's, unless it's only adding Ray and Kylo. Yeah. And, and or a training scene. When people were saying that, um, I had heard a few comments like, oh, it's too long. And I was like, oh, wait, you know, from the way this thing looks, give me all the Star Wars I can handle. Exactly. And it's sad to come out the other side and not feel that way. Well, um, I still feel that way. I still want a three-hour movie. Sure. But, but, I mean, my hype was off the charts for this because I thought it was going to be something, obviously, that it didn't end up being. But very good things in here. There's problematic things. I don't feel like it's as definitive as the prequels. Like, if somebody came in here and said, you know, Attack of the Clones is a four-star movie, I, that's have, just wrong. We'd have some issues. Right. But I'm not going to fault anybody for saying this is four and a half. Star Wars is such a unique beast, and this is an okay. I could see how somebody would latch on to this. I just didn't. So I think I'm at a three and a half. I need to give it a lot of breathing space now. Like, I don't want to see it again until Blu-ray. I need to right. need it to be away. At least. Uh, um, yeah. And maybe it'll go the way of Force Awakens. Maybe I'll like it more. I, I was I was more down on Force Awakens when I left it than what I've come to be now. So Sounds good to me. So four for you, three and a half for me. So the last thing we do with every episode, considering this is oh, our second yes. one, we say every episode, we have our obscure top five list. So this one was pretty interesting. It's going to be a long-winded one. Top five movies from an actor or actress from the original Star Wars trilogy, not named Harrison Ford. And there's a little asterisk on top of all of that, which is you can only use one actor or actress once in your top five list. So I have mine down. I forgot to order them, so I'm going to kind of order them on the fly. Well, actually, once you start, what's your number yeah, five? Number five, Village of the Damned. We have Mark Hamill in Village of the Damned. I almost went Kingsman Secret Service okay. for him, but his, his role is, I guess they're both almost as small. Okay. But I decided Village of the Damned okay. for, for Mark Hamill. All right. I'm going with Warwick Davis, who's in a lot of stuff. Yes. I'm going Willow at five. Willow is my number four. Ooh, so he has he's nice coming segue. in he's coming in right at my number four there. So I agree with that. Okay. So I'm going with Hamill in my number four, and I'm going Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay. I, I thought about that. Yeah. I thought about that. He uh has a little cameo there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good one. So n- number three. Did you asking me? Yep. Okay. My number three is going to be I'm looking at my list, just making sure I'm ordering this right. I think this is going to be my right order. Going with Carrie Fisher. I also have. The Burbs. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I have her as my number three and in the Burbs. Wow. Well well done. And I think I I know your next one too, but I'll uh, I'll let you go ahead. You're going to let me go again? Yep. Okay. I'm going to go with James Earl Jones. Ah, James. See, I I wavered back and forth on on James Earl Jones of whether he was technically in Star Wars. So I did yes. not I did not put him on my list I because I had these other two on here. In the tradition of our list, I figured that uh, make your argument, make your argument, argument. which so, very valid. He's he's Darth Vader. Sure. So yes. But so what's weird about this is I wasn't allowing voice acting going the other way. I agree. So I, I was I not going to allow Mark Hamill to do. Pick right. up the Batman. Joker. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I went James Earl Jones, number two, Hunt for Red October. You went, okay. So when I had James Earl Jones on my list, I had Field of Dreams. Okay. And so I was, but he got bumped for Village of the Dam for some reason, which he definitely <laughs> should, should trump that. Okay. So your two? I had Billy D. Williams in Batman. Ooh. That's where I thought we're you were segueing going. again. I thought that's where, where you were going with that. No. So Billy D. Williams. Because it's in, my number one. It's your number one. Yes. Okay. Batman 89 with Billy D. Williams. With Billy D. Williams. Yep. Okay. So, so I knew it was on there somewhere. So I'm worried now that I don't know you're number one, that I missed something. Because if you've got something ahead of Batman, it's got to be big. And I must it have is. just missed somebody. It is. Because uh, you've covered Hamill, Fisher, Warwick Davis. There's, there's an actor I'm missing then. There is. General Veers. Who is that? 
<laughs> Julian Glover. He's one of the uh, he's Admiral Veers and he's promoted General Veers. Okay, and he is the bad guy in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, okay, okay, I know that he, now, he, but. Okay. Yeah. You d- you dug deep. I will I, give you I, that one. I would question though whether Last Crusade is better or worse than Batman. That is a conversation for another day, I'm sure. Well, that about wraps it up for episode two. Thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. Catch you next time.